This week at Macy's, get great deals on fashion and home essentials. Update your wardrobe with 20% off new spring shoes and sneakers and 20 to 50% off fresh looks for him and her. Plus, transform your space with Lux Hotel Collection Bedding, now 40% off. And Macy's Star Rewards members can earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Episode Q32, coming to you from the Kevin Brown Studios here in beautiful Southern California. John Hoven, Dennis Bernstein. The band is back together. Let's get this arty party started. DB, what's going on? Well, my consecutive show streak of knowing who the player is that you need to studio after has been snapped because I have no idea. I know Kevin Brown pitched for the Padres. Well, Kevin Brown also pitched for the Dodgers. But I'm not talking about that Kevin Brown. There's a different Kevin Brown. But, uh, DB, it's snowing at Jake Muzzin's house in Toronto right now, yet it's pretty nice outside here on the left coast. Uh, I saw you tweeting out the weather. Uh, no traffic reports today? No traffic reports today. Just the weather based on the uh, report by Elliot Friedman earlier today about the possibility of outdoor games. Yeah, hold that thought. Let's get to the Kings news in the third period. Uh, have some follow-up notes about the potential of the LA Kings playing some games outdoors which is an interesting uh, uh, thought there, something we talked about on a previous episode. Who knew, DB? Um, but, uh, look, we'll leave the, the traffic reports also to our, to our good buddy Dave Joseph. He's, he's handling the traffic reports these days. Um, I think on Coast, is that 103 FM or whatever? But uh, let's move along. We have, we have Kaliev coming up on the program today, and um, Kevin Brown really ties back to this, DB. Arthur Kaliev was drafted from the Hamilton Bulldogs, and the Kings have sort of an interesting history with the Hamilton Bulldogs as the team itself or the name of the team has an interesting history in that particular market. So the Kings drafted once upon a time eight players from the Hamilton Bulldogs, but that was in the 60s and 70s, which was really pre-OHL. None of those players ever made it um, to the LA Kings at the NHL level, or any level for that matter. Um, Akalia was drafted out of the OHL version of the Hamilton Bulldogs, and the Kings have previously drafted four players players from the Hamilton Bulldogs. However, none of them have played in the NHL uh, so far. So you say, well, where are you going with this, John? Well, how about this? The OHL Hamilton Bulldogs, they only exist because the AHL Hamilton Bulldogs upped and moved about five years ago, and the owner um, there locally bought the Belleville Bulls and moved them to Hamilton. So there are a few players, and the first one here is Justin Papineau. The Kings have selected, I believe, eight or nine players from Belleville, and two of them ended up making it to the NHL. One of them was Justin Papineau. He was the second of the two players. I didn't pick him, though, because he never actually played in the NHL for the LA Kings. He does have a little bit of an interesting backstory, though, DB. He shares something in common with Jared Stoll and Freddie Anderson, and that is that he was drafted twice. LA took him in the Mm. second round in 1998. They never signed him. Now, he, was, he wasn't a slouch by any stretch. He was the top goal scorer in the OHL playoffs in 1999, and he won the OHL championship. He still went unsigned, though. He went back into the draft, and then St. Louis ended up taking him in the third round in 2000, 
And ultimately, he only played about 12 games with the St. Louis Blues. So that was one of the reasons I did not take him. Um, but another quick note on Papineau, a little side note, random trivia. Back in his OHL days, in the year 2000, he played with a guy named Chris Newberry, a name that most Kings fans wouldn't know, but Ontario Reign fans might remember, because eventually Newberry found his way to the AHL Ontario Reign towards the end of his career in mid to late 30s. That would have been in 2015-16, and that team was coached by, of course, Mike Stuthers, and it featured Adrian Kempe, Curtis McDermott, and Michael Amadio. Now, I'm going to ask you to remember Amadio's name for uh, later on in the show, DB, but enough about Papineau and Newberry. The name of the studios today was Kevin Brown, which I guess I said was not... Kevin Brown from the Dodgers or from Major League Baseball. By the way, DB, if you ever want a good Major League Baseball connection to the LA Kings, you have to go with Tom Glavin being drafted ahead of Luke Robitaille. Wrap your mind around that. Uh, the Kings actually drafted Tom Glavin, kids. Look it up if you don't know. But uh, Kevin Brown was taken in the fourth round of 1992 by the LA Kings. He played two seasons in Los Angeles, about 30 games total. He also played uh, with the Phoenix Roadrunners, which was their IHL affiliate. And he largely uh, bounced around most of his career. But check this out, DB, in a weird twist. At the end of his career, he also played one season for AHL Hamilton. So there you go. That's the, con- <laughs> there you go. That's the connection. Complete the circle. Yeah, he, he was with the Belleville Bulls which became the Hamilton Bulldogs of the OHL, but actually played for the AHL version. Um, So rather interesting how it's all there. Now, DB, um, since we're into trivia and we're having some fun here in the offseason, how about this one? I I, I think I'm going to stump you, but you always amaze me with this is like odd things that you know. So you might know this. Kevin Brown was the first British-born player to ever play for the LA Kings. Since then, there have been two other British-born players that have played for the Kings. Can you name either of those two players? Nathan Dempsey. <laughs> no. It was, uh, is that your only guess? Uh, Scott Thomas. Mm, no. It was Byron Defoe and Daniel Taylor. So uh, there have been three British-born players. Uh, speaking of that, you know, one of the things that we never even talked to Kevin Westgarth about, one of our uh, recent guests, he went overseas and played in the U.K., uh, for one season. So we didn't even get a chance to talk to him about that. So many interesting things about Europeans, uh, or specifically to the Brits, uh, playing in the NHL or playing over here. And then also about some players going over there. There is a thriving hockey scene over in the UK. Yes. We don't talk about it. We don't hear about it. And they're not connected to the World Junior Championships in any way. But uh, there is a scene that is over there. And it's a very, very tough league from what we understand. So oh, yeah. no, right. su- no surprise that sure. uh, Kevin Westgarth was... Was part of that. Um, DB, uh, let's wrap up this first period rather quickly and get to the second period because on the other side, we have Arthur Kaliev, one of the LA Kings' top prospects, and uh, we're eager to talk to him. But two quick news items before we move forward. Um, one is I broke this news earlier today, and that is that Akil Thomas and Aiden Dudas, a pair of forwards in the Kings' pipeline, they've been over in uh, Germany. Of course, if you listen to the program, you know this. They're over in Berlin. They've been playing. The original plan was to keep them over there for about another week because there were going to be games uh, today, which is Thursday, and they had a second game on Saturday. Those two games were going to be the end of this Magenta Cup that they've been playing in. Um, There were some COVID reasons that the games ended up being rescheduled, and originally they were moved to Saturday and to next uh, Monday or Tuesday, I believe. Uh, But it's just been decided um, that Dudas and Thomas will both be coming home this weekend. So I believe they're coming home on Sunday. So uh, they've been over there for more than a month. Uh, and uh, been, they've been training and, uh, you know, getting ready for this upcoming season. And, and uh, from, from all uh, reports inside the Kings organization, everybody's really, really happy with uh, what they were able to do and proud of, of what they were able to accomplish while they were over there. Yeah, look, it, uh, it's good they're coming home. Uh, it means just another step closer to the hockey in North America. So uh, good to see that they're on the blue backpack over the ocean. All right, so uh, final note here before we get to the second period, Dennis, somewhat related to your former uh, hometown, your old stomping grounds there in the Bronx. Uh, this is also somewhat related to Staten Island, somewhat, uh, you know, it's like the five boroughs of New York. Um, a recent tweet uh, that's, that stirred up some, some stuff in hockey Twitter land, Eli Manning tweeting out, uh, of course, he was the quarterback of your former beloved New York Giants. Now you're a Rams guy, but you were a Giants guy back in the day. Eli Manning tweeting out, hey, you know, attention world, I'm now a hockey dad, uh, to which I think it was Marty Brodeur that tweeted out, we'll put you down for um, the carpool rotation and also offered to get him set up with some New Jersey Devil jerseys so that he could, uh, I think he said he can be looking good or something like that. So cool to see that Eli Manning is now a hockey dad. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I know Marty really well from my time in Jersey. I actually lived in the same building as Marty when he was playing, believe it or not. So this I got to know him really, really well. Really good cat. And so always took the time whenever we, he was with St. Louis and whenever he's in, in town, um, always comes by, always says hello. So it's, a, it's not surprising that he extended that uh, that invitation to uh, to Eli Manning. Yeah. Now, see, I think if you um, I, if you're a member of one of those those Tri City teams, the Devils, the Rangers, or the Islanders, it was a perfect opportunity to jump on it. I, I mean, at least publicly, I don't think Manning had ever stated where his affiliation uh, was, and so he has he would have had three teams to select from. So good for Marty to jump on that right away and uh, get them all geared up and all branded up and get them to be Devils fans. Right, you have to get to the kids early, just like these young Kings prospects. You have to teach them early to be Dodger right. fans, and so uh, good on Marty for for jumping on that, you know, and and shame on the Rangers and Islanders for missing out on a perfect opportunity. If you could have brought Eli Manning into the fold, that helps you know uh, bring some more attention to your organization. All right, DB, let's hit the music. And on the other side of the break, young Arthur Kaliev will join us. We will hear all things related to the World Junior Championships, his training in Los Angeles, and what it's been like hanging around with Alex Turcott here over the last month or so. got the luck of the Irish. Total Wine will shamrock your world with over 15,000 wine spirits and beers. That means you can have your Irish whiskey, your Guinness every which way, and keep more gold in your pot. And our friendly leprechauns are standing by, ready to guide you to everything you need to celebrate the Emerald Isle. So this St. Paddy's Day, wear more green, spend less of it. Schlanka! That's cheers in Irish. Explore more at TotalWine.com. Drink responsibly, be 21. Second period, welcome back, and here we go. It's time to get the arty party started on Kings of the Podcast. Welcome to the program, Arthur Kaliev. Arty, how are you? I'm doing good. Um, thanks for having me. Uh, are we inter- are we interrupting your packing? I know you're leaving soon for Team USA camp. Are you are you all packed? Uh-huh. You ready to go? Um, not yet. I'm gonna probably start tomorrow. All right, start soon. Okay, it take long. Well, it's uh, we don't have enough time to send you off a Kings of the Podcast T-shirt, so we'll have to give you one when you come back. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. But that's 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 for later. Um, yeah. Let's catch every, let's catch everybody up uh, real quickly before we get into the fun today. It's been a a long and draining 2020 for most people. Um, yeah. However, you've been in Los Angeles for quite some time uh, yeah. training, and you know, I mean, you haven't been able to get the full experience. But just how long have you been back, and and what's the training been like? Uh, to bring everybody up to speed on the last couple months. Um, yeah, I've been here since, I guess, July. I've been training here um, five days a week with the, the guys here. There's a lot of guys from the team, prospects are here. So I think it's been a really good um, training year for me. So it's going to be exciting to get um, get some games in front of us. So, yeah, it's been pretty good hard training for the past three months here in L.A. with the team. So, Artie, a lot of the fans, the Kings fans, know your story. You Uzbekistan, and then you moved to the States. Yeah. You, were two. you moved to Staten Island, um, and I yeah. think you were 13, 14. Then you moved to Michigan. But we want to talk about the uh, your uh, rooting for different sports teams. So you were a Mets yeah. fan, but now yeah. you're a Dodger fan. Is that Um, I guess so, because I, I know for – I guess I will never go back to New York and live there because I don't live there anymore, maybe. I'm feeling – Reason, <laughs> <laughs> and now uh, a Raider NFL is Raiders, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, how'd you become a Raiders fan? But have you lived in uh, Michigan and Staten Island? I don't know. I just when I was a kid, I just uh, liked their logo and stuff in Jersey, so I just started liking them. Well, you'll be so black and silver at some point because you'll yeah. eventually uh, be connected to the rain right? and to the king. So, black and silver it is. Yeah, I know. I love. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, so it's. 
pretty cool. It matches, actually. <laughs> well, I, I have some work to do with you then, Artie, because um, I, I've been very successful, I feel, in converting you to a Dodger fan, which is great. Yeah. But, see, I'm a Broncos guy, so I, I don't know if we're you and I are going to be able to get along, you know, the Broncos and the Raiders. We'll just we'll stick to hockey talk and baseball talk, and we'll, we'll leave the football to the side. How does that sound? Yeah. Oh, yeah, sounds good to me. <laughs> All right. Uh, while you've been here in Los Angeles training recently, uh, recently yeah. fresh off the plane from from Germany, Alex Turcott is back on the scene, and you guys have been yeah. hanging out and training together. Yeah. Um, he was on the show recently, and I think that something that probably uh, most Kings fans don't know is that you and Turcott, you guys go back quite a ways, played against each other when you were much younger, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, for sure. We've been playing against each other for a while, I think, when I was in Michigan, he was playing for Chicago and Michigan. I think we played against each other many, many times and, and many times in the same season. Like, we'd be playing against each other probably, I guess, eight times a year when we played uh, last year before we went to um, juniors or into program or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've known him, known him for a bit. Yeah, I've always been, uh, always been playing against him in my hockey. And now we became teammates. Who was, be- who was a better player back then, you or him? Oh, I don't know. It's a tough one. I think we, I think we were pretty good on our, pretty um, good on our teams. All right. So both both of you contributed to the to uh, to each of your teams. Now, one thing about yeah. your particular game, and, and you and I have talked about this before, and I continue to try to tell everybody. Yes, Artie scores a lot of goals, right? Yeah. The Artie party, and let's get it started. Yeah. But. Um, you are a really good passer as well. And uh, yeah. Nelson Emerson came on the program recently um, from the Kings Management Group, and he was talking with us about the fact that, hey, you know, Brett Hall, one of the all-time greatest goal scorers in National League hockey history, he was a really good passer as well. And he just thinks, that, Emerson thinks, that it's just some of the greats, uh, that's just what they do. Not only are they good at goal scoring, but they're also good at other aspects of the game. And do you think that that's an aspect of your game, though, that a lot of people sleep on and don't give you enough credit for? Is your ability yeah, to find think, your teammates? Yeah, for sure. I think I, I think I want I want that to be as good as my goal scoring for sure. I think that's awesome to have another thing in the offense to be able to score or shoot, of course, and help the team win even um, score or win even more. Yeah, and I think I think I've been trying to practice that of course and making plays i think i, I think it's one of my main things to uh, passing and scoring is main thing um both so so everyone doesn't think i just i just score i can't so everyone thinks i can just do both at the same time yeah it's uh watching you live is uh is, is a lot of fun and hopefully fans in los angeles will will get to do that for many years to come but before any of that happens coming up here in the next couple of weeks of course would be the world junior championships and i want to talk with you a little bit about that as well as um some of your teammates uh trevor zegris from the anaheim ducks he's been in town now yeah. you and turcott and uh and zegris i think you guys were out playing golf recently uh, yeah. and there was an la dodger golf bag whose golf <laughs> bag was that yeah, that, that was mine actually. I, I got it. I got it here because I didn't. I actually didn't really have one. I had. I just had clubs, so I was like, I would just go buy a Dodger bag. I was in yeah, a store, so I was like, sure. It looks really cool, really sick, and I think and I just got. I just went out and bought it. Yeah, you know, I have to uh, give credit to the Mayor's Manor readers, by the way. Um, of course, I, I, I saw the picture and knew that you guys were out golfing and everything, and that was great. Yeah. Um, I actually didn't notice the bag, and somebody else pointed it out to me, and I and I, I felt very proud at that particular moment. I was like, yes, Artie knows. He's a Dodger fan. That was, uh, that was a nice, either a purchase or a gift on his part, so I had to ask you about that. Um, now... Turcott, interestingly enough, when he um, came on the program a couple of weeks ago, he had just received his first tattoo, and he was kind of talking about the well. I think I'm done. I, you know, I got this for my grandfather, and you know, he kind of downplayed the whole thing. But I think he has the 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 bug. I think he's addicted now because he's been back two or three times <laughs> since. He's getting all inked up. Um, do you have any? Do you have any tattoos? No, hell, uh, for sure not. No, I don't think I'll ever get one. No, you'll <laughs> never get one. Really? No, I don't think so. I really don't like him. Because if you put it on, I think you 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 never able to remove it unless you get like a laser or something. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't. I just don't like. I like my skin. Um, skin and just clean and everything. Okay. So I'm not gonna yeah. be able to talk you into an L.A. Dodger logo. You know the the no, L.A. For no, sure. not I don't think happen. I'll ever. I'm not gonna get any, any type of tattoos, even about like anything about my family or history or something. Really? Uh, 
What no, if you were very, how about, how about very this? smart kid? <laughs> how about if you were lucky Good enough? Move, Good move, <laughs> if you were lucky enough to ever win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Now there were a number of Kings players in 2012 and 2014. Yeah. They they have this the cup tattooed on them. Jonathan Quick, yeah. Mike Richards, and so on. Would you get the Stanley Cup tattooed on you? Um, I don't know. I got to think about that one. Okay. All right. <laughs> I know that you get a really nice ring, which is really the best part about it. <laughs> I think that's like a that's I think that's like a tattoo stuff. Just you can just remove it or have it on. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, you think about that for a couple of years, and when when you and and Turcotte and Akil Thomas and all of these guys uh, maybe win a Stanley Cup, we'll we'll loop back with you on that particular question. We'll see. uh, Yeah. Um, how about hanging out with Trevor Zegras, right? We all know yeah. this is Turcotte's best friend. He's a member of the Anaheim Ducks yeah. organization, but he's also a member of Team USA, so he's going to be yeah. a teammate for the next couple of weeks. Um, what do you think of Zegras? Uh, I think he's a great kid. I've also known him probably longer than Turcotte. I think we both played the same minor hockey team in New York. I think I've known him since I was probably nine years old, ten years old, to be honest with you. Oh, wow. We played we played together at the Quebec PV tournament on the same line too. Played at the same organization for a minor hockey team. Yeah, and then yeah, he's I think he's a really great good player, really great playmaker and a passer. I think he's a really great player. Now and a great kid too. It's it's probably I don't think the three of you guys are going to end up on the same line. But could, can you imagine that that would possibly how how would you put that line together? Who plays center in that in that situation? Probably, oh, that's a tough. Probably, probably Turcotte. Okay. Okay. He's been he's been playing, with, I guess, center way more than Zegers. I think. Uh-huh. Where, yeah, I think he's more in the center. I think that would be a really nice line. I think it might happen maybe this year. We'll see it. Yeah, and you like to play on your offside, right? Yeah, for sure. Probably because you can able to take those one timers or four. Okay. See the ice. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll have to see with uh, with the World Junior Championships coming up. Now, before yeah. you leave, before you leave the South Bay, I mean, you said you've been here since July. Um, it's yeah. been a number of months. Have you found any good places to eat around TSPC? To eat? Oh, I don't know. Basically, um, and you better not I'm say like Chipotle. No, it's not Chipotle. Okay. <laughs> All right. I don't know. It's a tough one. Yeah. Okay. I've been just eating. Everywhere, though, just by a bit, like all those restaurants over there. Okay. Like, yeah, so I don't have a really favorite place. If I have one place, it just gets annoying, and then I go to another one, and I go to another one. That's how I do it. Gotcha. Have you been to Five yeah. Guys? Um, no, no. I've been I've been to one fast food in and out. It's probably the only fast food I've been to. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's a step mostly, above. Mostly, I have, a, I have a meal plan, so, oh. so I have a... <laughs> I've got to yeah, um, get delivered to my house, and then it's like 15 meals to three meals per day. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that's what I've been doing Okay. Lately. Well, don't worry. I won't tell Matt Price that you went to In-N-Out then, and we'll – We'll uh, we'll keep oh, no. we'll keep you honest. We'll keep you honest. Um, now look, Team USA. Th- this has been such a weird year, as we talked about for for everybody. Um, you know, normally, it, it's a pretty straightforward uh, situation. Team USA they do an evaluation camp in August, and then from there they end up doing a selection camp leading into the World Juniors. And this year, it's sort of been a three step. Uh, uh, process um, in the sense yeah. that they had a camp about a month ago. Now you didn't attend that camp. You you stayed in Los Angeles yeah. and were training, and that's great. My question would be this though: When the roster was announced on Monday, um, were you sweating it at all? Did you did you know that you were going to be on the roster, or having not gone to that camp a month ago, did you have any concerns like, hey, maybe they they found somebody else and they like somebody else better, and I might have lost my spot? Or what were your thoughts heading into the announcement on Monday? Um, that was when, when it was the thing before, right? The, in August, the August camp, right? Uh, I thought they had one like in September, maybe early October. Yeah. So, no, I think I got contacted and then I apparently, I, I didn't feel good. I actually got COVID right, right before the camp. Uh, if you guys didn't know. So I couldn't go there. Oh, you camp. did? Yeah. So I had, I had, I got tested positive here. So I had to be quarantined for two weeks. Oh wow! Okay, no, did, yeah. did not know that. So a little little breaking news yeah. here on Kings of the Podcast. It's been yeah. a while since then, so I'm assuming that you're well rested and ready to go. Oh and... yeah, for sure. Okay, did you get your taste? Yeah. Did you lose your taste? Yeah, it was taste. I cough. Yeah, all, just a bit stuff. Mild symptoms. 
Okay, but you have your taste back now. Yeah, for sure. Okay, I was, I was gone after two weeks. Oh, okay, a week. Okay, yeah. well, great. Um, yeah. So camp is coming up. Uh, having yeah. been through the experience before last year, we had the uh, Team USA general manager John Van Beesbrook on a couple of days yeah. ago, and he was talking about guys like you and Zegris and Turcotte, yeah. and and that having that experience under your belt last year, he anticipates that you guys will play more of a leadership role um, this year. And I'm just curious how much more confidence you're carrying into camp this year compared to last year when you maybe weren't really sure what to expect. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, last year, just a a bit of learning experience. Um, I thought it was pretty fun to see playing against all those countries, the best players in the world, and seeing what, what it was like. I think this year I'll be way more confident and and I'm going to know what to expect. So I think we got to take over as a leadership group this year. And I thought, yeah. Yeah. Um, one of your good buddies, uh, Igor Larionov, yeah. the, the second, I guess, number two, yeah. um, his dad is now coaching <laughs> Team Russia. And uh, yeah. he's he's certainly pretty serious about winning. He, he put the, yeah. uh, the U-20 team in one of those tournaments over there in Europe. And uh, I'm just curious, how much scouting, if any at all, do you do going into the tournament? Do you pay attention to what's going on with Team Canada or Sweden or Russia or any of these other teams uh, or no? Um, myself, yeah, maybe I'll pay attention to gold, but mostly we have our team systems and they all t- they tell us all the weaknesses, what to do. So it's mostly like as a team thing as scouting. And then if you want to scout individually, you just scout their maybe defense or who you're going to be playing against or their goalie, what's their Okay, so you maybe scout the goalies then? Yeah, yeah scout the goalies because we – if you want to scout the team, we usually do that as a team, like video before game or day before about the team. Yeah. Um, real, real quickly, uh, development camp. There was no development camp this year. And last year, development camp would have been such an eye-opening experience for you, just coming a few days after being drafted by the LA Kings um, and that whole whirlwind. And that's, of course, when, when we met and, and first started having an opportunity to get to know you as a person and as a player. I'm just curious. Um, any thoughts about the fact that there wasn't a development camp this year and, um, you know, how that maybe impacted your ability to reconnect with some of the guys that you only would see at a development camp or to perhaps bond with some of these guys? Just uh, any thoughts about there not being a development camp this year? I mean, of course, it would, no one, I think, did it because of this. I don't think they wanted to be kept um, no one sick with this COVID. So I think it, it, I think it would be fine getting back together. There's still... A lot of guys here that we've been hanging out, bonding to. I think, yeah, I think their main thing was just to keep the players safe, not yeah. having the COVID. Yeah, so I think we we'll we we'll have it back soon. Maybe this this year's training camp. Yeah, is there is there any positive at all that you could perhaps um, see in not having a camp? Did it allow you to maybe have a different type of a summer um, than than normal? Is there any positivity uh, that you can? Come? I don't know. I think. It'll- would have been the same having having the camp or um, not having. I think we're still training as hard as we can and competing each other at practice. So yeah, either either way, I think it's good, good both ways. I think it would, would have been nice to be playing against uh, guys that were drafted and development. This is um, also not bad playing. I think it's the guys that are already on the team and some prospects here. Yeah. So um, at development camp last year, of course, you had a chance to yeah. – uh, play with and play against a couple of OHL guys that you yeah. knew already, which would be uh, Jacob Bingham and uh, Dudas. Yeah. Um, maybe you can give us a, a scouting report on uh, a couple of guys that you would have been at development camp with this year and that we'll see at the World Juniors. What about playing against Byfield? Any any thoughts? Yeah, I think he's really, really strong, powerful, of course, really skilled. I think he's uh, great, of course. Oh, um, a low-round player. I think we had pretty good matchups against each other. <laughs> Yeah, I think he's a, like, of course, a really, really good player, <laughs> powerful, big and strong. Yeah, there's nothing bad I can say. When you, well, good. Yeah, we didn't want you to say anything bad about him. When um, no, I mean, I, say, I mean, I, there's nothing bad I, you can say about him. I think he's a really great player all around. Yeah. When you uh, did you pay attention to the NHL draft, and, and if so, when the Kings were were getting ready to pick number two, um, were you were you sitting there thinking, yeah, we need to get Byfield. That's who we need on our team. Is that what you were thinking? Um, pretty much, yeah. Because I, 
because I know him. Yeah, I think it was pretty, pretty, pretty good pick. And I'm actually excited to see him, him knowing that I've been playing against each other the last couple of years in, in my league. So it's pretty exciting. Uh, Chromiak, the kid that came over from Europe, did you have an opportunity to play against him at all? Uh, no, no, not at all. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure with the with the shortened yeah. season how that would have worked out. Um, okay. Yeah, I think we had we had one great game against Byfield. If you guys noticed, when it was eleven ten. <laughs> eleven to ten was the yeah. final score. Yeah, against Sudbury. If you if you knew that it was one game we played against each other. <laughs> Well, we'll have to go back and look that up. I don't remember that oh, off the top of my head. Yeah, that was pretty. Well, probably one of my favorite games because it was the most highest scoring games the whole year. You mentioned yeah. paneling around with Zegras and and Turcott. Those guys were first round picks. You were first yeah. round. I'm going back to your draft year. You were first round talent that went in the second round. Are you going to use the fact that you lasted to the second round to motivate you to show you that teams that might have passed on you made a big mistake by not drafting you? Yeah, for sure. I think that's all you said. Just try to um, prove what I can do, and then yeah, and then prove the other teams that they made a mistake. Of course, not, not drafting so But I'm really excited the Kings that drafted me. Now, jersey numbers. Um, yeah, I don't know if you remember this or not, but uh, you and I spoke about this about a year or so ago. Uh, we were talking about Kale Clegg wearing 34 for the Kings, yeah. um, and you you definitely noticed it. You told me right away. Yeah, I saw that. Um, you, yeah. And your comment to me was that he made the team faster, so he can wear it than you did, so he can wear it for now at the time. Uh, but your comment was, "We'll quote see what happens when I make the team. Hopefully, I can get it from him." So the way yeah. that the way that it works, I don't want to pit the two against each other. Uh, the way that it works is that. Clegg, he really wants number 10, uh, oh. which is Michael Amadio's number. And then his backup number is 51, which is, of course, Austin Wagner's number. Um, so I'm, I'm wondering right now on Kings of the Podcast, can we broker a deal here? Clegg is going to give you 34 when you make the Kings if you can yeah. secure number 10 from him. So what are you willing to <laughs> offer Michael Amadio uh, so that Amadio will move off of 10? It'll be like a giant, you know, a, a wheel of changing numbers. What can you do for Michael Amadio to get to get him to give up number 10 so that Clay can have it so you can have 34? Well, I have no idea because I haven't talked about it, but I don't know what other numbers he would like that, that are available. That's the first thing, so we got to go t- talk about it. But see, I don't know what's going to actually happen. So, <laughs> happen but. so this whole thing could drag out even further because if Amadio wants a number that somebody else has, now we just have to keep going yeah. down with this this row of dominoes. and Yeah, it's just going to be a re- really big confusion. <laughs> <laughs> How, no. However, what you told me though was that no matter what, you want to find a way to get thirty-four because yeah. it, it's pretty much the only number you ever known, right? Yeah, for sure. I've, I've, I've worn every season, the whole entire my life, pretty much. <laughs> so every that, season in my life. So that's it. You just you, you're gonna have to go to Clegg and tell him, look, dude, you don't have yeah. a choice. You're gonna have to pick another number because that's my number, I think bro. Legit, like I don't, I don't know my I don't even have a backup number because I never wore a different number in my life. <laughs> yeah, which is crazy. Like I don't know which which number I'll take because I would never I never wore a you know, different number. Well, I asked you this once before, and you weren't too you weren't too keen on the idea. Uh, Vitaly Yachmanev, he just inverted his numbers when he came from junior hockey. This is a long yeah. time ago, and so I asked you, would you wear forty three? And you were like, Meh. Yeah, I'll say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't do it for you. Okay. Well, we're going to have yeah. to we're going to have to get Amadio then uh, and talk to him about this and figure all of this out because eventually you're going to suit up for the LA Kings and I, I you've done a good job of convincing me. The Artie party just won't feel like the Artie party unless you're wearing 34. Yeah. <laughs> well, Byfield's in 55, so uh Kings fans can order their jerseys ahead of time. That's an easy one because no one would take that. <laughs> no one take it. <laughs> that is exactly. That's my point. There's, there's, there are fans out there that probably want to get their Kaliev jersey early, and they want to get 34. So we need to get this resolved yeah. quickly. We can't let this drag on no, forever. It's, it's on pending right now, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> pending. I love it. There's nothing pending about you, Artie. You are a phenomenal talent. Uh, thanks. You, thank you very much for coming on Kings yeah. of the Podcast today. We look right. forward to watching you and. Um, after Team USA goes out and secures gold at the uh, World Junior Championships, uh, hope so. we'll have to have you back on, and you can tell us all about uh, what it was like beating Canada or whichever team it is. And uh, we wish you all the best in the tournament. Yeah, I really hope so. Hopefully we go out and win. I'm actually excited to find some games. All right, Artie, we'll talk to you soon. There you go, yeah, Arthur Kaliev. Yeah.
of the podcast with db and the mayor we're back and there you go dennis uh, arthur kaliev what you think of the arty party making his inaugural visit <laughs> into kings of the podcast i love them what a good kid and i can't wait for him to be filling the net in los angeles but just you know like the rest of the kids that we've been on totally transparent totally authentic so it's really really good to talk to him and he sounds excited about getting the season going it just sounds like john just wants to get on the ice and start shooting the puck in the net yeah, you know, that was something that Byfield had talked about as well. Just, it, it's been way, way too long. And uh, they just they just want to back out there and they want to be playing. And, you know, I referenced the uh, John Van Beesbrook podcast from a couple days ago where he talked about, hey, maybe they'll have this hunger and that's going to help drive Team USA. We'll have to see when things get going here um, in the next couple of weeks. DB, before we move along, and we do have some, some Kings news and notes to pass along before we wrap up today's show. But first, how about uh, a little talk on Manscaped? Uh, if you're looking for the ultimate stocking stuff for this holiday season look no further because our lead sponsor db manscaped they have the tools to make you win this year's stocking stuffer or white elephant competition manscaped is the only brand dedicated to below the waist grooming and hygiene products and great news not only are they available here in north america but they also just released their products across europe and australia so kings of the podcast listeners um you guys know this db and i started using the products a few months ago we were sold on the brand uh we wouldn't steer you wrong uh, especially for such an important area so uh db as you get ready for this holiday giving season here's a few of the products that are some prime stocking stuffers to take a look at you have of course the crop preserver the crop reviver we've talked about that before but don't sleep on the crop cleanser the crop mop the foot duster their their foot deodorant Shears 2.0, that's a luxury four-piece nail kit. You also have the Weed Whacker, which is a nose and ear hair trimmer um, that has their proprietary skin-safe technology, which is great. And, of course, the Lawnmower 3.0, their flagship product. So whether you're shopping for your partner, your dad, your brother, your friend, whoever, get them something they will actually use, and it's almost sure to get a laugh as well. Here's the good part. Save 20% plus free shipping with the code KOTP2020 at manscaped.com. Score your own hat trick this holiday season with Manscaped. Just go to manscaped.com and use the code KOTP2020. All right, so moving on here, DB. Um, There were some reports that came out earlier today about the Kings playing, or possibly, I should say, playing outdoor games. Now, this is something that we had asked Kelly Cheeseman about uh, when he was on Kings of the Podcast recently. And and Cheese was, of course, uh, you know, saying that, all options are on the table and, and things like that. But uh, from what I understand, Dennis, this is a legitimate uh, option that the Kings are pursuing, which is to play games outdoors because there is this ongoing concern about when will fans be allowed inside the buildings. And uh, if you can put more people outside, well, first of all, if you can put people outside, getting some ticket revenue is going to be better than getting no ticket revenue and playing games at Staples Center. So um, the the outdoor venue there in Carson, uh, Dignity Health Sports Center or Sports Health Center, mm-hmm. uh, that's a possibility, uh, can hold, you know, 25,000 people for a soccer game roughly. And potentially the LA Kings could be playing games there, Dennis. Well, I was the first season the Chargers came to L.A. I was a season ticket holder for absolutely a great venue for a football game. I assume it will be great for for hockey as well. Now, 
it will be considerable expense to construct the rink and keep it cold and things of that nature. But from a sightline standpoint, to sit upstairs and watch a hockey game, it would be a great venue. I love the venue, right? The, the concourses are big outside. Uh, the bathrooms are clean. It's, it'd be a really nice uh, option for the Kings if they could do it financially. And I'm certain that, that Kings fans, given the, pre- uh, the right precautions taking place, would attend these games. Because I've been there as a fan, and it's been, like I said, it's, it's a great venue. It's easy. It's a really nice option. But a lot of dominoes would have to fall for them to actually be playing there. Yeah, they will. Uh, they Certainly, dominoes will have to fall. The other thing, though, DB, is that to, to make this work financially, you probably want to get some other teams involved. There already are you know, some discussions, at least, that took place with the Anaheim Ducks. You could potentially get a little bit of a modified bubble if you could get a couple of other teams, maybe Arizona, maybe Vegas, uh, maybe San Jose. You get a couple of other teams, and uh, you start rotating some of that stuff in there and having some creative ways to do some revenue mm-hmm. splits, and this could work. You know, L.A. was close as Cheeseman uh, acknowledged and told us LA was close to getting the bubble uh, prior yep. to the games moving up to Canada and so a lot of work has already been you know done with the NHL towards that and you figured right. it'll, I mean it's not exactly copy and paste because it's a, a bit of a different location than playing right. at Staples Center connected to you know the JW Marriott and LA, LA Live and all that sort of stuff but uh, again from what we're hearing this is a very viable option and I, I'm curious to see if this comes to light. Look, it depends on what our our great governor and the uh, the board of health has to has to say on on this stuff. Given the news of today as well, with respect to additional um, you know restrictions on what we can do and can't do. So, uh, but I agree with you, John. I, I think it can be figured out, and and it's a great point you make is that they've gone through the exercise of trying to do something like this similar, right? And I agree with you, not copy and paste, but they have done this. So there's probably a lot of footwork that's being done. We're talking about a different venue and a different part of town, but I agree, um, they have worked on this um, before. And this is where AEG and the family and the sister of companies yes. can really be right. leveraged. And it's, it's, it's uh, something yes. that not all teams are afforded because many of the uh, NHL teams are single entity operations. And they're not just, you know, you look at them as a sports and entertainment company. In essence, what they are, or, or a large part of what they are, is a real estate company. They manage and, and own venues all around the country. So, so this is not far from, this is not just an owner saying, I got to drop some revenue somewhere. Like, mm-hmm. how do we do this? This is like, we run and operate and own buildings. We can do, we can, they're the best qualified organization probably to pull something off like this because they have, you know, they have a body of work in doing things like this. Yeah. And, you know, I always wonder as well how this could potentially trickle down to the American Hockey League. The Kings have been so instrumental in AHL West and getting all of these teams to move to California. And if they, if they go through the expense of putting up the ice and doing this, is there an opportunity here for the American League who, you know, they also are a ticket driven revenue? And I'm not sure that sure. a lot of fans would would attend or if that's an option, but. Uh, if you're talking about something that would potentially give fans an opportunity to see the games, um, you know, the ice is going to have to be there for a period of time. It's not something that you just put up one day, you know, and you tear it down every time there's a game. So it would be there for a period of time. And could the American League somehow leverage even for a couple specialty events? Maybe it's not every game right. on the schedule, but the American League is scheduled to get going here uh, in uh, February, around February 5th, I believe. And you have a number of teams that are based in California that'll be looking to play games as well. A lot of the same teams that I mentioned already, between uh, San Diego, which is Anaheim's affiliate, Ontario, of course, is the Kings, and then you have San Jose, uh, and there are a number of other teams as well, with uh, Vegas opening their new team with the Henderson Silver Knights, and then you have uh, Arizona playing their their um, AHL team in Tucson. So a number of different teams could get together and potentially have almost like a little AHL bubble as well. So a lot of different opportunities here. Very curious to see where this goes over the next couple of weeks. And Dennis, it does look more and more like the NHL is going to be starting up around in that late January, early February time period, right. like we've been talking about uh, recently. Yeah, agreed. I, I think that you're probably looking at, I mean, look, it's going to be off the table. The, the players are going to want to stay home for Christmas, right? That's, so that's, you're not going to start training camp before that. Probably take another week to 10 days for the NHL and PA to get on the same page and figure out the finances. And then you're probably looking at training camp like January 15th. I think it's probably going to be last week of January, maybe first week of February. They're probably looking in that window. But everybody that we've talked to, John, same thing with you. Like, we're going to play. It's just a matter of how many games, how do we do it logistically. Um, and fans better get used to seeing positive tests for for COVID-19, we're not going to go through what we did in the playoffs where the league's going to announce zero 
zero positive tests. They're not going to be in bubbles. This is going to be like the MLB or NFL, and it's going to be very, very different. So don't freak out when somebody tests positive. I will, what, they, what they should do, John, is they have to really segregate a third goalie. Like, I mean, you could, if you're short a couple of players from one game, you could have a forward, get a kill Thompson in there, play defense for 20 minutes, 29 minutes a night. But they're really <laughs> going to have to really segregate the third because you don't want a situation like your beloved Denver Broncos when you, all your goaltenders are out and you don't have a goalie and you don't need maybe Thomas or I don't know who else would be the emergency goalie on the Kings to strap on the pants. That really wouldn't be a solution. So I think that's the one thing that you would look at with respect to rosters is that you want to have that third goalie away from your your regular group. So in case there was a situation where both goalies tested positive and had to quarantine, uh, you'd have that option. Well, I, I do appreciate the fact that I'm getting it from all angles today. First, I have Kaliev talking about the Raiders instead of the Broncos, and then now you have to bring up that disaster of a game that they tried playing without a quarterback recently. So just, uh, uh, yeah, it's been it's been good times lately uh, if you're following the Denver Broncos. But, yeah, back to hockey, uh, you know, there would be the option of bringing up uh, Matt Vallalta. Uh We talked earlier about Jacob Bingham playing in the ECHL as well. Um, so, you know, there would be goaltenders that would be available that aren't uh, necessarily, you know, connected to the LA Kings group that's training and playing games. However, you would like to have some experience, and I think that's one of the reasons they went out and signed a veteran goaltender um, at the American League level. So a lot of work still to be done, but uh, yeah, I would agree with you, Dennis. Everybody that I've spoken with says that there will be a season, regardless of some of the posturing that's taking place in the media. Everybody on all sides does expect there to be a season and and somewhat targeted around uh, late January to early February. And so I just want to give a quick shout out to Gary Bettman. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Commissioner, for... Uh, answering my texts and uh, answering my my Christmas wishes and pushing the NHL season out until after the World Juniors so that the entire hockey world can can focus on the WJC. So I do appreciate that. I know a lot of people love to boo Bettman, but the next time I see him, I'm going to have to give him a, a really firm handshake and a pat on the back because that's a, a, a wise move and a much appreciated move. Put all of the eyeballs on the WJC. It's going to be a fantastic tournament. Now, uh, DB, we are uh, one day away from getting the final answer to at least the camp uh, rosters. And what I mean by that is, for the last couple of months, I've been tweeting that the LA Kings could have 11 prospects at these uh, various camps. And so all of the rosters have been announced short of Finland at the time that we're recording this. So Turcotte, Kaliev, and Brock Faber all on Team USA. Uh, Spence and Byfield at the Canada camp. Uh, Bjornfoot and Granz were announced for Team Sweden. Again, as mentioned on a previous program, I'm not sure if Granz actually will end up making the team. It's a, it's a uh, pretty stacked Sweden team, and uh, he's one of the younger players. Meanwhile, Bjornfoot probably going to wear a letter uh, for that team, so that's what's going on in Sweden. And the Czech Republic, uh, the goaltender, back to goaltending, DB, uh, Lucas Perik, and in Slovakia, you have Kromiak, who uh, played in a little bit in the OHL. We were talking uh, as well with... Uh, Kaliev about that. Uh, but on the Finland team, you uh, potentially, and we'll find out tomorrow, Markinen, who could be the fourth or fifth goaltender in camp, so he'd have a little bit of work to do to play his way onto the team. But uh, Markinen, who the Kings drafted in 2020, and then uh, Simon Tavel, or Tavel, depends how you want to pronounce it, uh, he is more of a lock to make that team, team Finland. And look, when it comes to Finland, uh, Christian Rutu would be the first to tell you the world needs to stop sleeping on Finland because even though it's a very small country, they just seem to show up at the World Juniors or all these international tournaments every year and be right in the mix. So, you know, U.S. and Canada, you might think of them as 1A and 1B, but really Sweden and Finland are right there in the conversation as well, Dennis. You know, John, if things break well, we actually might have an embedded reporter at the World Juniors. Our our own Dave Panyota um, is in the middle of uh, negotiating to – to go up and cover the World Juniors. So we may have him check in uh, once he gets up there during the tournament. Well, that would be very interesting because they, uh, by all accounts, they had cut everybody out. So the scouts can't even go to the World Juniors this year. So um, would love to have Dave on and he can be, uh, it's funny because I've been lining up uh, my programs where people are going to want to talk to me about the World Juniors. And then here on this program, we can talk to Dave. So it'll be like this domino effect uh, of everybody talking to everybody. As long as everybody's watching the World Juniors, that's all I really care about. It's a fantastic tournament coming up on the NHL Network and the, uh, the game, the exhibition games will kick off on December 20th, which is a Sunday. So you'll have time for that. And uh, those games will be on TV. But before then, Dennis, you do have some opportunity to watch some other Kings prospects on TV. I uh, tweeted about this, and it's on Mayor's Manor today. You can check out uh, two recent Kings of the Podcast guests, 
Brock Faber from Team USA, but more specifically from the Minnesota Golden Gophers. He is on TV today and Friday. Uh, you can catch that on, I think it's Fox Sports North. It's one of the stations in the DirecTV Sports Package. Dennis, I was going to mention this to you. <laughs> you. You were saying on the last uh, uh, right. episode, you had made reference of, you know, if you're a hockey fan, you can watch, and if you don't have the NHL Network. And I'm thinking, well, what kind of a hockey fan are you if you don't have the NHL Network? And... and you know, if your cable company or your satellite provider doesn't offer the NHL network, that tells you all you need to know. It's time to move. And I don't get, switch. yeah, I don't get paid to, 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 to say this. Uh, DirecTV no. is not a sponsor, but I've said for as long as I can remember, any sports fan, it should be mandatory that you have DirecTV because with the sports package, you have access to more yeah. sports coverage than any other cable or satellite provider. And here's just one of those reasons right here. You want to watch some college hockey games? All of these games are broadcast on the various regional sports networks, so you can watch Brock Faber and the Golden Gophers. And then on Saturday, uh, St. Cloud is going to be playing number four, Denver, and the Karate Kid, David Rennick, is going to be in goal. <laughs> and that's a big game for him, not only for the team, because they're playing uh, number four, Denver, and if they can find a way to knock them off, St. Cloud would probably move into the top 20. They missed the top 20 by just a couple of votes um, this past week, so that would be a huge win for their for their team as they're looking to climb back into you know being a, really a contender, which is what St. Cloud was for a number of years um, when, when many of the other Kings prospects were there. But it's personally for David Rennick, it's a big game as well. He won game number 50 the other night to become only the second goaltender in school history to pick up his 50th win. And he's going for 51, which is going to tie the record if he's able to get it on Saturday. So uh, a big game. Uh, Everybody should tune in and check that out. And then one final note, Dennis, the reverse retro cup. We're getting down into the good part here. The final four tomorrow voting ends uh, for the second round, and so we'll find out who the fans want to send into the final four. So there are four matchups. You go to the homepage of mayorsmanor.com, and you can vote right now. Let us know of the eight jerseys that are still in the, the playoffs, the quote-unquote playoffs. Let us know which four you want to advance in the reverse retro cup, and then, uh, what, sometime next week, we can be announcing the winner of the very first reverse retro cup. Fantastic. Can't wait for that uh, final vote to come in. All right, Dennis, uh, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Thank you again to Arthur Calia for checking in. Now he's off packing uh, to leave for the World Junior Tournament. We will uh, continue to work on lining up Laszlo Holmes for the next episode. Until then, everybody, we will talk to you guys uh, soon. Have a good one. Shining through the city with a little fucking sauce on it. Light it up like London Stock Exchange Group is here to be your essential global markets infrastructure and data partner, where open isn't just a platform, but a philosophy, giving you the freedom to make your mark in the world. LSEG. Open makes more possible.